be the options that you should be considering as you continue to try to bolster your lineup and add more depth to your roster or maybe get uh, get through a bye week or get through an injury or whatever it may be. But we're going to get into it and go by position. I'll put timestamps down in the description as always. If you want to talk trade talk, start sit talk, whatever it might be, leave a comment down below. We'll do that for sure. And uh, you know what? Let's keep this short. Let's keep this simple. Let's just get right into it and start talking about the players that you need to know about and why you should be considering putting them in your lineup. But of course, as always, I want to remind you to contextualize for your league a person in a super small, I've seen family leagues that are only six teams, and I've seen 14 and 18 team leagues. So definitely remember that your bench depth and what you're scoring is like is going to affect things, though I'll try to keep reminding everyone of that throughout the video. But Let's get right into it. All right, guys, why not start off with the quarterbacks? And I think we got to go with Kurt Cousins in this matchup. Now, I'm wearing the Cousins jersey right now, coming off of that big win over the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm just going to put it out there right now. I still don't think we're a playoff team. It was a fun win. It was an exciting win. But, you know, and hey, I think we probably could be if that defense plays the way they played in the second half, if that offense continues to fire on all cylinders like they have been. But um, at the moment, not so sure. But hey, there's still some exciting stuff going on there. The Vikings look a lot better than they have, uh, you know, say in week one. And there's a huge amount of fantasy value. So let's look at it. Kirk Cousins available in 28% of leagues, which is not extremely available, but that does mean one in four of you, he is an option for you to pick up. And so unless you're in a very small league, which I think, you know, te- leagues of only six teams is pretty rare. Those got to be pretty uncommon. Cousins should be out there, and he should be in a starting lineup most weeks and definitely at least on a roster. So let's let's break it down. First of all, he's got eight touchdowns. He's got two games of 320-plus yards, and his QBR has been especially impressive. In game one, he had 106. In game two, his QBR was 122. And then in last game, it was 128. He has been phenomenal. Now, the Vikings have drastically improved their offensive line this year compared to others. And with weapons like Thielen, Jefferson, Conklin, Osborne, Cook, and Madison, he has got all the tools in the world, and he's certainly been getting the job done, especially with the three touchdowns he had today. Furthermore, this next week should be a good matchup for him. They go up against the Browns, who I believe heading into this week at the least gave up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Now, Take a look at it. In the first two games, they give up three TDs to Pat Mahomes. That, you just, it's going to happen, right? It is going to happen. It's Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So no knock on them there, but they did give up a couple of touchdowns to the Texans uh, with a cross between Mills and Tyrod Taylor. That, for me, was a bit concerning. Then they go out in game three, and they shut down Justin Fields, but that's a struggling Bears offense and an unimpressive rookie quarterback in his NFL debut. You should shut him down fact of the matter, if he puts points up on you, like, you know, 30 points, like it's time for you to rethink what you're doing, get a new coach and fire some players. So I think this is going to be a good matchup. The Browns have proven that they are, um, I guess, could very well end up in a lot of shootouts. Definitely a possibility. So for me, Kirk Cousins, absolutely consider him. Ultimately, I don't think he's a phenomenal quarterback. I don't think he's going to carry him to a Super Bowl. But with a bad defense and great offensive weapons, garbage time stats are your friend. 
especially this week, and especially the last couple of weeks. So that's one option. Number two, we got to talk about Derek Carr. I talked about him last week, and I'm just going to talk about him again because he's still 47% available. So big shocker, not many people watch this channel apparently. <laughs> but um, breaking it down, he goes against the Chargers this week. It's not a perfect matchup. The Chargers, in fact, give up the third fewest fantasy points to opposing QB. So again, not a perfect matchup. But not every pickup is for this week. This is a season-long pickup. Look at his game stats. In week one, he threw two touchdowns on four. 435 yards. Week two, he threw two touchdowns on 382 yards. And in week three, he threw two touchdowns on 386 yards. And what's most impressive about that, he did it against the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Dolphins. Uh, I think the Dolphins are an above average defense, while the Ravens and the Steelers are very good defenses. So Derek Carr has been firing on all cylinders, guys like Ruggs and Edwards, and he's got a lot of weapons there, especially like Waller and See, you know what? I think for the most part, that trend's going to continue. Certainly not every game will be 380-plus yards, but, you know, for a guy on a team who they're just letting him sling it and he is getting the job done, I don't see a whole lot of reason to expect that that should change drastically. He's just having a good year. So that, for me, simple breakdown, not a whole lot going on there. We could begin to talk about more things like how Josh Jacobs has been banged up. That probably leans a lot more heavily into why they are using him and throwing the ball more. And hey, you know what ultimately matters? They've been winning games, and so they're going to keep doing it until it stops working, and I think it's going to keep working. So pick up Derek Carr. Again, not the perfect week. This isn't going to be the best week for him. Probably not going to throw up three touchdowns and 400 yards, but I think he'll be all right. And at the very least, you'll get him for future weeks. You hate to not pick up a guy. And then suddenly when you need him, he's not out there. Moving on, I think you got to consider Sam Darnold. At 79% available, wanted to give you an option there. And I'll do one more after Darnold there for the quarterbacks that, you know, that's highly available that you know almost certainly is going to be out there in your league. Now, taking a look at it, plain and simple, back-to-back 300-plus yard games, that's pretty solid. He's got six touchdowns, three passing, three rushing. I'll say this right now. I don't trust his rushing stats. I really don't. But I think I do trust his overall stats. I imagine if his rushing touchdowns go down, his passing touchdowns will likely go up a bit. He's looked really good. There were certainly some things to work out in game one, but the last two games have been especially impressive. He's been far more mobile than I ever remember him being for the Jets. It's been fun to watch. He's got the best coach, best offensive line, best running back, best wide receivers, best weapons all around that he has ever had. He is in a great situation, and he is taking advantage of it. Finally, he goes up against the Cowboys this week. Should be a good week. In fact, in the first two games, the Cowboys gave up 338 or more yards to quarterbacks. So this should be another matchup where he could get a ton of stats. I think they're going to lean heavily on that, especially with the hamstring situation going on with Christian McCaffrey. Finally, I want to talk about one more quarterback. If you're looking for a waiver pickup in a 2QB league or you're in, say, an 18-team League size, you can consider Tyler Heineke. I'm not as huge on him as I am with other guys, but again, at 94% available, there's a lot to like about him. In game one, or excuse me, in his first start, he gets 300 plus yards and two TDs. In his second start, he gets three touchdowns versus a Bills defense that going into that game had given up the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. He has really surprised me these last two games, and it's been fun to watch. Furthermore, 
He goes up against Atlanta, who gives up the single most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They've given up eight TDs in the first two games. Now, in the third game, Daniel Jones did not score against him in that week three. But they won and only allowed three points. So as we break that down, Tyler Heineke, he has looked surprisingly good. This is a phenomenal matchup versus Atlanta. Um, You know what? And maybe for this one week, where Derek Carr's got a bad matchup, he might even come up a little bit higher on that waiver wire claim. Ultimately, it doesn't matter because I just gave you four options that I think that you can you can definitely should be considering and picking up. I think they're great guys who offer a lot of value and kind of offer some different representation on the scale of availability. But let's move on to the running backs. All right, guys, let's get into the running backs right now. And you know how it is. It's unfortunate. There is not a lot of talent out there at the running back position at this time. But there are some guys, and those guys are exciting. How about Alexander Madison, who, by the way, we talked about in last week's waiver wire video. And you know what? If you didn't pick him up last week, that is really unfortunate. You definitely should have done that. But we're going to talk about it again because he was too good not to mention. He's only 32% available, but... With how good he is, if you are a Dalvin Cook owner, you need to own Alexander Madison. It's that simple. And if you're in a league and you don't have Dalvin Cook, but Madison is out there, pick him up anyways. One, it's called trade bait. Two, you'll keep him off somebody else's roster. And three, he is just that good. He put up 25 fantasy points last game. 25 is a pretty darn good day in kind of your first game that season as the guy. 26 carries, 112 yards, that's 4.3 yards per carry, as well as eight targets, six catches, and 59 yards. Stats like that are like McCaffrey numbers. They're Alvin Kamara numbers. He looked insane. Now, there's a few things to talk about. One, this was in a really good game. The Vikings looked awesome against a Seattle team that was heading into it worst in the league against running backs. So we kind of expected that he was going to have some success, but that doesn't mean he wasn't impressive. His yards per carry were great. His ability in the passing game, six catches for basically 60 yards. And again, he took the volume there. 26 carries is really solid. He played great. Now I'm going to point this out to you. 4.3 yards per carry sounds okay right? Typically a guy has to get closer to five for it to be considered impressive. But you have to understand that in a game like that, I think they really slowed the pace down a bit. They ran the ball a lot and Seattle who, and I didn't get to catch all the game. Unfortunately, I think they were really keying in on that quite a bit. Now this week they go up against the Browns who have given up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. They've done this in their three matchups, one versus the chiefs, one, the Texans and the other one, the bears. The one touchdown they allowed to an opposing running back was in the receiving game. So that is just some stuff to note. I think this next week is going to be a lot tougher for Madison. Now, we got to talk about Dalvin Cook and that whole situation. Here's the interesting thing. He was listed as questionable heading into this game. So he missed all practice the previous week to the Seahawks game because of that injury and, and ultimately didn't end up playing. But he was considered questionable and what's interesting is the week before versus the Cardinals is when he suffered that injury in a play where I think uh, J.J. Watt tackled him he was out temporarily where Madison filled in for him but then he went back out on the Vikings final two uh, final two series or whatever so you know it is interesting to see that he was able to come back out for a little bit of that game but then they had him sit for this Seattle game 
That to me tells me that maybe at the time he didn't know how serious it was or that, hey, there is definitely a chance that that this is a guy who has a bounce back, like who just comes back healthy this week. So here's what you need to know. You have to pick up Alexander Madison. I think you're stupid if you don't. But don't expect him to be a starter for you once Dalvin Cook comes back. I don't know if it will be this coming week. With how good Madison played, they are not going to rush Cook back. They want Cook healthy. So maybe it's another week or two. I don't think it's going to be four, five, six games, one or two games, possibly, I'm be willing to bet my best guess is he misses just one more week. Either way, pick up Madison, and in the meantime, he'll be a great starter. And for you Cook fans, a necessary handcuff. I hope you guys listened to us last week. Moving on to some other running backs there, what about Zach Moss? Now, he's 47% available, and this shocks me. He is the clear-cut number one running back in that offense. And I know that some stats have showed that uh, Singletary has been good. He has. He's found some touchdowns. He's had some stats. But here's the fact of the matter. Zach Moss has had a better yards per carry and more usage in the passing game. That's more catches, more receiving yards. He has been all around far more productive. So he scored two touchdowns a couple weeks ago and then put up 91 yards and a touchdown this week versus Washington, who managed to shut down or stop Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler the previous week. So they are not a defense to bat your eyes at. They are pretty good against the run. Now he's got a great matchup this week versus the Texans. The Texans have given up six rushing touchdowns in just the last two games. Now, not all those rushing touchdowns were two running backs, but it's very clear this will be a great week for Zach Moss, who is the hand, like just hands down starter. He is. When you look at the stats, the stats that Singletary has are late in games when they were up big. For example, his touchdowns versus Miami. So I think Moss is going to completely capitalize in this week in particular versus the Texans. So after this week, when he has another good game, he is going to go even lower on the availability. So so pick him up for sure. He's a guy who's not the most exciting. But he's an RB1 on a good offense. Now, I know the Bills struggled week one, but don't hit the panic button. The last couple weeks have been much better, and the Bills are a good team. He is going to get usage. He's going to find you the end zone especially. And, hey, use him in the passing game too. So love Zach Moss. He's available in basically half of all leagues. So that is another player that you need to consider. Let's move on with a few more running backs, though. Now, I think there are a few running backs that maybe, you know, guys like Giovanni Bernard. Bernard had nine catches for 51 yards and a touchdown, but to be quite honest, I'm not big on him. Weeks prior, he only had a catch or two and really isn't seeing any usage in the running game. It's a crowded backfield and an effective passing game offense that they just don't need it. So for me, he's a guy that's, you know, a little deceiving. Same with the Malcolm Brown. He had, what, 4.3, 4.4 yards per carry and a touchdown. Malcolm Brown looked okay, but still, he didn't perform nearly as good as Miles Gaskins, so he's the backup, and Gaskins was much better five yards per carry and used in the passing game. So I see guys like Malcolm Brown or Giovanni Bernard that might be tempting to pick up, but I would say avoid them. There's one more player you do have to pick up, though, and we kind of, I believe we talked about him last week, but Chubba Hubbard is 75% available. I'll just say for starters, love that name. Uh, very fun to say, but let's break it down. In his game last week, 11 carries, 52 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. Then he had five targets for three catches and 27 yards. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, that is the Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey went down with an injury. 
As of right now, we don't know a lot of information about that injury, but he's expected to to miss a couple of weeks. I imagine it should be two or three weeks, maybe four, until he comes back. But it's a good thing that Hubbard looked good um, in his replacement. So you kind of got a guy there. Hopefully, you've already did the handcuff thing. But um, again, big game there. 4.7 yards per carry, 27 yards in the passing game. Now, it was against the Texans' horrible defense, but does that really matter? In my mind, it doesn't. This week, he goes up against the Cowboys. They give up the 13th fewest in the first two games. By 13th fewest, I mean fantasy points to opposing running backs. But um, they have faced just Fournette and Eckler, right? Not phenomenal running backs. And those guys combined for 15 catches for 86 yards in the passing game. So Hubbard can certainly get some work done. He is another guy to definitely consider. I'd keep my eye on Kerryon Johnson there. I believe he signed with the 49ers. And uh, Kenneth Gainwell is another guy. Wouldn't pick up, but i keep my eyes on them. Let's move on to the wide receivers. All right, now here, here we are at the wide receivers. And, you know, first guy we got to talk about is, surprisingly enough, Cordero Patterson, who we go back to a couple weeks ago, he had two touchdowns, but it just didn't feel repeatable for me. He had, you know, one point, what was that, six yards per carry? Um, he did a lot in the passing game, though, five catches for 58 yards, ultimately totaled two TDs, but it just didn't feel repeatable. It felt like a lot of those numbers were boosted by the fact that they played Tampa Bay. Remember, you know, going against Tampa Bay, they're going to score points. You're going to do it also, garbage time stats. But then what do they do this last week versus the Giants? Well, he has another big day. He struggles on the ground again, just 2.9 yards per carry. That's horrible right? That's really bad. But six catches for 82 yards. He looked pretty darn good in the passing game. Uh, You know, especially for a team that that game was 17 to 14. Like the volume should have been a lot lower there with Calvin Ridley, with Kyle Pitts. They've got their, I don't know. It just didn't feel like that was going to be the week for him, but he did it anyways. He didn't find the end zone, but he still had a really surprising amount of usage so I kind of got to put it out there I was sort of wrong uh, about what he was going to look like now I don't know if he's going to be able to continue that from week to week it still doesn't feel like it he's a guy who's been in the league for a long time and he's a journeyman for a reason but 34% available um, I get it if you're hyped on him he's a guy to consider picking up based off of your options that being said there is a ton of options at wide receiver in fact I'd say there's more options at receiver and more talented receiver than any other position and there will continue to be in the free agent market waiver wire market all season long so let's look at some other guys like 35% available I actually like him more than Patterson that's Jalen Waddle. oh my goodness this dude's been crazy Comes out in his NFL debut versus a stout Patriots defense. Catches four of his five targets for 61 yards in a TD. Like, you just can't argue with that. Comes out the second game against a great Buffalo Bills defense. Has six catches off eight targets for 48 yards. Again, another tough matchup. But he probably would have continued and had a much better day than that, of course, except his quarterback went down. And once his quarterback went down, he did nothing. So then you think in this game, Jacoby Brissett's out there. Two is gone. You know, in this last week, week three, he's not going to do a whole lot. But they evidently, they fixed some They fixed some things. They worked on some things in practice and did some game rooms or some, some stuff in the film room and game planning because he had 13 targets, 12 catches, and 58 yards. High usage guy. They're not super efficient, but you're working with Jacoby Brissett here. Did you really expect that? No, they got him the ball because he is their guy. 
And this should be a good week for him. He plays the Colts. They give up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers through the first couple weeks of the season. That's five touchdowns in three games to wideouts. I think he is going to have another high volume week. Absolutely pick up Jalen Waddle, especially in a dynasty league. In fact, all the leagues I'm in, he's already owned because I, I just he shouldn't be available at this point. A rookie wide receiver who is a top 10 uh, first round pick. Yeah, no way is that guy available after what he's been doing. Another guy to consider is Jacoby Myers. Man, comes out week one, six for 44. Then week two, four for 38. And then last week is when he really explodes versus New Orleans. He catches nine of his 14 targets for 94 yards. And while Nelson Aguilar struggled, he really seemed to separate himself as the best wide receiver, best passing game weapon in that Patriots offense. 42% available. I think you got to pick him up especially because he plays the Buccaneers this week. They give up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've given up six touchdowns to wideouts in three games. There's no reason, no reason not to take this guy. Not the perfect offense, not the perfect quarterback situation, but the efficiency doesn't really need to be there when the volume is. If he can see another 14-target game and a touchdown, things are going to be looking pretty good for him. Moving on, because again... There's a lot of wide receiver options. Like I could stop and talk about Jacoby Myers and, and Mac Jones's value and all of that, but, but you don't really need to, to worry about it because that's his, you know, his values hasn't really changed. His quarterback situation hasn't changed from the first couple of weeks. So, so we're going to move on there. What about Cole Beasley at 47%? Now, there's some concern there. There's a lot of weapons there. Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, of course, they got two running backs who've been finding the end zone the last couple of weeks. But you know what? I think Josh Allen's a good enough quarterback to, to share the football all around. And he had a really big week last week, caught 11 of his 13 targets for 98 yards. Go back to week one, he caught eight for 60. Now in week two, it was down a little bit, but he caught all of his targets, four of them. For 36 yards wasn't great, but they went 35-0 against the Dolphins, who don't have their starting quarterback for a good portion of the game. Did you really expect he was going to have high volume in that one? Of course you didn't. Maybe the biggest concern is Emmanuel Sanders, who we should talk about now. Sanders had five catches for 94 yards and two TDs. Now, for me, he seems to be the odd one out. But again, um, Josh Allen is a phenomenal quarterback, right? And he is going to be able to spread the ball out. And they don't have a Christian McCaffrey in the backfield to hog catches, though I think Zach Moss is, is doable. He's good enough, and he gets it done. And they don't really have a Travis Kelsey at tight end, so three wide receivers is manageable, right? Take a look at Tampa Bay. They've been managing three wide receivers for the most part, right? Evans, Godwin, and Brown, as well as having Gronk. So, you know, there are a lot of situations there where, you know, I'm not big on three wideouts, but if there's an offense that can do it, I think Buffalo is one of them. Now, Emmanuel Sanders is 75% available. I'd pick him up in deep leagues. I don't have huge trust for him. He did have two TDs this last week, but this last week felt like a bit of a fluke. Go back to the week before, he saw just two catches. He did see him for 48 yards, but this week was the first week that he scored and the first week that he had more than 52 receiving yards. So maybe it's a bit of a fluke. I need to see another week, but for right now, it seems like you've got Stefan Diggs, your one. You've got Cole Beasley, your PPR guy. He's going to get you nine, 10 catches, whatever you need from him. So anyways, 
Uh, looking at some more wide receiver options, because again, oh, there's so many guys to consider, so many guys to consider, which is certainly a good problem to have. But you, you kind of have to begin to make these decisions based off of what's the upside that you're looking for and what's your scoring, right? Like Cole Beasley is a PPR guy. I'm not picking him up on a standard, right? Let's just be honest about that. But moving on with some more guys, Kirk uh, Christian Kirk, excuse me, he is 49% available. Now, he plays the Rams this week. They've given up the 14th fewest fantasy points um, to wide receivers. So I'm not going to expect that he's going to have a massive day. They now, they did stop the Bears' bad quarterback situation and the Colts, who don't have great wideouts. But they blow down the Bucks' offense for a win. Uh, that being said, Christian Kirk is having one heck of a year. Week one, he has five for five, 70 yards, and two TDs. And then, then they go out, and he has... Three for 65, not amazing, but certainly not bad. And then he catches seven of his eight targets for 104 yards last week versus Jacksonville. Um, So yeah, this is a tough matchup versus the Rams. The Rams are a good team, but he's not going to see a ton of attention with Hopkins there. He's got a good quarterback, and it's not just about this week. I want to talk about some of these week stats for these guys because I, I, you know, you're going to be looking at it this week. The minute you picked him up, this is the week that you're going to see that and begin to evaluate it. So I don't want you to get deceived. This probably won't be his best week, but he's having one heck of a season, and I expect that to continue. Moving on with two more wide receivers, Henry Ruggs is 50% available. He started to emerge after a really disappointed week one. He caught only two balls. He did take them for 46 yards, so that is a nice yards per catch, but he really started to pick it up. Week two, he caught five for 113 yards in a touchdown versus Pittsburgh. And then versus Miami, he had four catches for 78 yards. Here's the thing. They've had a really tough schedule. Baltimore's a good defense. Pittsburgh's a good defense. Miami's at least above average, if not good. Now, this fourth week, they go against the Chargers. The Chargers give up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, and they've only allowed one touchdown to a wideout so far. So this will likely be, you know, another week that could limit his value. But after that, they should begin seeing a lot better matchups this season. This is another tough week for them, and I'm excited to see what those wide receivers can do for fantasy when they get into matchups that aren't against good defenses. So for me, 50% available. I think you need to pick up rugs unless you are in a super, super small league. If it is in a 10-team league, 12, 14, 8, doesn't matter. I think you should pick him up. Finally, you got to consider uh, Tim Patrick. He is more of a short-term option. Once Jerry Judy comes back, they'll have Sutton, Judy, and Fant as their top three, as well as their running back situation. And the fact that they're not the most prolific offense means there won't be room for Patrick. But Tim Patrick has some value while Jerry Judy is out, and he's proven it. Week one was four catches, 39 yards, and a TD. Week two was three for 37 and a touchdown. And and then week four was five catches for 98 yards. He didn't score, but he caught all of his targets and he almost hit that 100-yard mark. He is 78% available. And he is, of all the guys I've talked about, probably the least valuable and the guy I like the least. But at 78% available, he should be an option for those of you who are in big leagues with deep benches if you're looking for that. So I figured I'd put that out there as another guy for you to consider. But again, Unlike any other position, there's tons of talent at wide receiver, so you need to evaluate these guys based off of scoring and what you're looking for. Is this an injury replacement, a bi-week replacement? Is this to add some depth? Is this just simply to get the most talent available? Is this because you're trying to find a replacement for just a bit of a disappointing wide receiver three? doesn't matter what it is. Consider it, talk about it, and evaluate it based on your specific situation. 
other other positions like running backs, you just take whoever's available because there's not many guys that are out there. But let's move on to the tight ends now. All right, guys, let's get into the tight ends. And, you know, I've said it a lot of weeks, there's not very much talented tight end, but there's more talented tight end this, this week, it seems like, than most weeks. So that is nice to know. First off, at 44% available, I want to talk about Mike Gesicki, as well as, or excuse me, as long as Jacoby Brissett is under center, I expect Gesicki to see a huge bump in volume. Rob, you made the prediction last week that with Tua out and uh, and Jacoby Brissett in, that Gesicki would see a huge boost in volume, and you were right. You absolutely nailed that prediction. He went off 12 targets, 10 catches, and 86 yards that is a phenomenal game for anyone especially a tight end and he is a guy you absolutely need to look at but remember what the weeks prior looked like the week before that he had six targets for just three catches and 41 yards and the week before that he had three targets for nothing no catches no yards nada so Mike Gusecki is a guy you need to pick up the tight end position is extremely thin with talent but understand that you know he's not going to come in and be a guy to get you 100 yards and a touchdown every week as long as Tua is out he is going to have some increased volume and some increased usage but he certainly sees more value in PPR leagues Um, maybe they'll continue to work some things out and, and get to the end zone a little bit more but Hey, for me, for right now, I think a guy, you know, who could get you six to eight catches and 50 to, you know, 85, 90 yards at tight end in the free agent waiver wire market right now, that's pretty darn good. And we've got some other options to consider. At 66% available, I don't love him, but I'll, but I'll mention him. And that's Evan Ingram. He caught, he had six targets, two catches and 21 yards. Not a phenomenal day, but it was his first game back. So you do have to understand that there's some rust there and he's going to have to earn that rollback a little bit and get more comfortable and more chemistry with his quarterback. But that may certainly be offset by the fact that he just had a great matchup against Atlanta. They give up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. They give up three TDs to tight ends in the first two weeks. Like if there were ever going to be a week for him to have a big game, you'd think that would be it. Other than, of course, you know, kind of getting the rust off sort of thing. So he's a guy to consider. I don't know if I'd pick him up right now, but if he has another good week, then maybe I would. There's a lot of guys to spread the ball around there, though. So that's a tough situation. Pat Freermouth is a guy you need to look at. Keep your eye on him, even if you're not picking him up. I would pick him up in deep leagues. That means 14 teams or larger, especially with deep benches. But he had three catches for 22 yards, and what really matters is a touchdown. More importantly than that, the most important thing is that he has really clearly put himself out there as the better tight end than Eric Ebron, who has just not done anything the last couple of weeks. Clearly, he's not a guy who's going to go for big volume or big yards, but that might change a little bit. Juju Smith-Schuster is currently out with a rib injury. We do not know if or when he will play. That is something to monitor but if Schuster is going to be out for a while, that could e- that could lead to some increased time and some increased usage for him. Now, I, I think that Ta- Pat Fairmouth is a very talented tight end, and it's simply about developing his skills for a little longer and earning a larger role in that offense. So just a couple games of injury for Juju could be exactly what he needs. He also plays the Packers this week. They are very vulnerable to tight ends and have shown that tight ends can absolutely produce against them. So so consider him, again, 92% available. That's going to be a guy out there for 9 out of 10 of you. 
Finally, 96% available. Big shocker last week, Tyler Conklin. Eight targets, seven catches, 70 yards, and a TD in a Vikings win over the Seahawks. He looked phenomenal. Here's the thing. You need to keep your eye on him, but don't pick him up. I wanted to talk about him because when a tight end does something like that, you have to mention it. But I don't know if that's repeatable. Take a look at a game like that. K.J. Osborne didn't really do a whole lot, right? And this was a this was against a bad defense in a very good game where they were firing on all cylinders. I don't know if he repeats it. He certainly has stepped into that tight end role for Minnesota and impressed. But you have to wonder what's going to happen when Osborne has another good week like he's had in the past, or if they lean heavier on the run, or if Kirk Cousins doesn't have a QBR of 128 with three touchdowns. Um, That's his ceiling, and he will not be playing at his ceiling every week. Please understand that. But he's exciting, and I kind of hope he keeps it up as much as possible, even just to add some more talent to the tight end pool in fantasy. Am I right? But those are the tight ends right there. Let's move on to the kickers, and then we'll move on to the defenses. All right, so looking at the kickers, and I mentioned this before, maybe you should, you know, kind of, I guess, consider your draft strategy heading into the season. Excuse me. Um, There's still more kickers available in the waiver wire this week, so maybe consider waiting even longer at the kicker position before drafting because there's just talent out there, like Brandon McManus, who's 66% available. He goes against the Ravens this week. He's a guy that you should not only pick up, but you should start. He has attempted and made nine field goals this year. And he has attempted and made seven extra points this year. He has not missed. He has been very effective, putting up big points, and it's been a nice surprise. Let's be honest, doesn't seem like a prolific offense. And we know he's been a good kicker, but he's not, you know, insane. He's not Justin Tucker, who, by the way, did you guys see that insane field goal? We have a new NFL record field goal. That was crazy to watch. It was like, oh, my goodness off the bottom crossbar and in anyways, how heartbreaking is it to lose that game? But anyways, Brandon McManus must pick this guy up. Let's get, let's get back to track. Another kicker to consider is Chase McLaughlin there. 93% available. He goes up against the Vikings this week. And here's the funny thing. In three games, the Vikings have had three 50-plus yard field goals made against them, which is funny. Now, Chase has yet to miss a field goal all year, including last game where he made two 50-plus yarders and a 40-plus yarder. He has been electric. He is a must-pick-up, must-start guy. And finally, Greg Joseph. At 96% available, you should pick him up and start him. And here's the thing. Um, Everyone did not like my pick when I said that you should pick him up last week or when you should start him in our last start sit video whatever it was because he missed that field goal that we needed but you know what I was right he had a big week he was fifth amongst kickers in fantasy last week he's averaged 11 fantasy points per game over three games now he goes against the Browns who do give up the 15th fewest fantasy points to kickers but that number is skewed by the Bears and Cairo Santos ineffective offense and the Texans and Joey Sly who struggled as well so Greg Joseph is another guy to add to that list of all those guys probably like McManus the most but hey take your pick there's a lot of options out there let's move on to just a couple of defenses to consider keeping this short and simple you know I'm not going to waste too much time here's two defenses to look at one of them is the Saints they're 53 percent available and I think they're going to be in for a really good matchup this week versus the Giants while the Giants give up the 16th fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses I don't necessarily believe that stat. There is a massive 
Daniel Jones turnover problem. And this is probably the easiest quarterback matchup the Saints have faced. They went up against the Packers week one. Sure, the Packers look bad, but since then they've been fine. So clearly the Saints just played well that game, as well as maybe a little rust from Aaron Rodgers. But then they went up against the Panthers, who Darnold and that Panthers offense looks way better than people expected. And they also went up against the Patriots. And hey, Patriots aren't a phenomenal offense, but they play things safe and they don't allow fantasy points to opposing defenses. They're pretty careful and calculated with their offense. So anyways, 53% available. Nice pickup plug and play option there in the Saints. The other one that I would look up look at is the Colts. They're 59% available, and they're going up against Miami this week. The Dolphins give up the third most fantasy points to opposing defenses. They've given up 10 sacks, one safety, four turnovers. They haven't looked great. And again, they don't have their quarterback there. They looked a little bit better this last week, but I don't necessarily think they looked all that great against a Raiders defense that I'm not too fond of. Furthermore, the Colts defense, they're not bad either. They got three picks, three fumbles, and a touchdown so far this season, and they have a great matchup this week against the Dolphins. At this point, for me, my strategy for defense is really to pick them up and go week by week. So those are two guys that you can consider based off of what their weeks are going to look like. There are tons of other defenses to consider. If you want to take some risks, whatever, go for it. We'll talk about it in the comments section down below, but I don't want this video to drag on. I'm also tired. It's 1 a.m., So how about we just wrap it up, leave a comment down below, we'll talk some football, and as always guys, thank you so much for watching, like, share, and comment to support the channel, and you have a great day, and God bless.